Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. From the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Monday edition. Why am I? I'm not hearing me well. Um, are we up, Gibby? Are we on the air? You are yeah, on the air. I'm not. I hear you clear. Now I hear uh, me. Uh, now I hear uh, me. Danny, was it strong the whole time? Strong audio the whole time? Yeah, yes. everyone listening right, has so, no idea what you're talking right. about. Yeah, no, 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 I'm no, the no. only it one was, affected? There was a headphone pot that uh, I don't know see? why was down, but it was down. I knew there was something. I've done this a little bit. You, you do have some experience. I have some experience with how it ought to sound in my own ear, and I was like, this doesn't seem right. We're a well-run so operation. So there you go. Smooth. Nothing Look, to we, see here. We're just trying to get through the week, brother. <laughs> That's Boy, it. That's where you are. It's where you are. <laughs> That's where you are on this one, my oh. friend. Um, look, let's let's tackle the uh, the big stuff out of the gates here and, and try to get a little perspective on this. So, um, first of all, there, there's obviously a lot floating out around out there about uh, Deshaun Watson and a potential uh, whether there is um, whether there would be suspension or what that may look like, what the NFL may want out of that. Um, there are all sorts of reporting about conversations being broken down or that conversations we're having. Here's what I would say is that by and large, uh, probably less is known about this than most things that are being reported on. This is a really tight-lipped uh, investigation um, and, and NFLPA defense of it. Of, of whatever potential suspension would be. But this was from Schefter on Sunday. Um, he dropped this one, that the Deshaun Watson hearing before the NFL and the NFLPA jointly appointed uh, disciplinary officer Sue Robinson is scheduled to begin Tuesday. League sources tell ESPN on Saturday of that. Um, what is important, I think, to note on that is that what – just so you have an idea of what's happening here. So – if this reportedly is happening tomorrow, this is a, a conversation that will take place um, in front of Sue Robinson. It will be the NFL presenting its investigation to Robinson and its its view of what the penalty ought to be if there is one at all. It will be the NFLPA representing Watson. Watson it will not be there. He has nothing to do with it. Uh, it's the NFLPA uh, in, in having Watson's back in this and it's the NFL pre presenting their case to Robinson in this. Once that happens, and we have no idea what the time frame on that could be, how long it could last. Once that happens, if there is suspension, that will be recommended. There will be appeals based off of that. So this is a jumping off point of that. Once there is an appeal, that would then go to Commissioner Roger Goodell 
in terms of the the appeal of whatever the penalty Robinson or if there is a penalty that Robinson sees fit. That's as we understand what will happen. I, I know that, I mean, even I had some clarity. I was trying to get clarity on exactly what what this is reportedly tomorrow. To my best of my knowledge, that's what tomorrow is. And per Jeremy Fowler, hearings can go as long as necessary, but expected to be one to two days per the CBA. Robinson can request post-hearing reply briefs, which would be due three days after the hearing. So she can she can request additional uh, items. She can go back and if there's something she has questions on, she can go back and follow up. Roger Goodell on the appeals process, he can rule or he can defer to another independent party. And that's where there seems to be a lot of question. If the appeal comes, would Roger be the one to rule on the appeal or is he passing that off to someone that is uh, an independent party? Yeah. There's a so, lot. Yeah. And, and all of this, you know, the backdrop of all of this with everything else that's going on in the league, this is, I think that sometimes we think that there, that this is something that wants to be settled. I mean, you know, I think we all want it to be settled because, you know, we're talking about it for all these months and uh, you out there listening are hearing about it for all these months. And I think one way or another, you just like to know, okay, what are we, what are we going to deal with here? Right. I mean, I think that's that's kind of where everybody is on this. But understand that there is no real there's no deadline for this. This no. could last this week. And then the NFL is off next week. The whole league. Basically, everything's shut down. Right. So basically, everything. Everybody's off. Teams are off. The league office is off. Nothing. So if something does come next week, that would be something in the form of a leak. I would be shocked if it was some sort of statement from the league. So you kind of have this window this week where something potentially could get out. You could have some sort of recommendation. Once that, once you get through that week, then next week I'd be shocked if anything came then. So then it could potentially come the next week. Yeah, I, I think, you know, from, from what you've seen from the national pundits, and I think, you know, I, I would assume too, people in this building and people around the league, at the end of the day, you want something, you want to know what you're dealing with before you start training camp. Yeah, and that's, and that's July 30th or July 30th. Yeah. You got a month, you know, if you need be. I, I think it's really important for everybody. Uh, the NFL, the NFLPA, um, it's very it's very important, I think, for everybody. And they're, they're very motivated to make sure that this is done once right. That whatever is going to happen, it's a once right. I don't think it's something that you want to be living in perpetuity, you know, where you're consistently coming back and revisiting it. So I, th I think that's probably – you know what the hope is from the NFL's perspective um, a new wrinkle in this uh, this morning uh, one of the four women who have not settled the lawsuits against Watson filed a civil suit against the Texans uh, citing the NDA and the Houstonian membership provided by the team um, so there there are four women who have settled uh, there are four lawsuits now being filed and Busby today was saying many more to come against the Texans yeah now the attention is their turned to the Texans part. so that that is how it would be which by the way just candidly speaking just me this you know just none of that is it's just not good to have it all out there it's just more and more and more and i think there's a sense that you know once you get some settlements then you'd be able to move on to the next phase of this but this is really not going to go away anytime soon so that's kind of where we are as i understand it here on a monday 
tomorrow. It could change by three o'clock. For sure, yeah. <laughs> Reportedly, you know, multiple reports that there are will be some, uh, you know, the NFL, the NFLPA presenting uh, the cases uh, tomorrow um, for Sue Robinson, and then f- then we'll go from there. You mentioned Jeremy Fowler a day or two typically on those, and then you you move off of them and away you go. So that's where you stand as we uh, as we start to close out June here. Last the last Monday in June. The last Monday in June. That's July it, 1st is Friday. Man. Where did June go? Where did May go? Gone Can we blank. go back to even that? May was May didn't exist. It was no it was rain. May was rain. It's Sad. been a great June. Pretty good. It's been Pretty, a really good June. Yeah. A little stifling. Yeah. Not great to uh not great putting when you make the decision to mulch uh, yeah, you should not do it on days that's going to be ninety degrees. No, 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 no. I did forty bags on Saturday. You did. You're just now getting into your mulch giving. That was the half of the palate I hadn't gotten to because oh, I've been say, a little like, tied up with obligations for the you, last. You really, six yeah. Weeks. You got too many grad parties. Like you got to get that mulch in like early May. Yeah, ideally that that would be smart. But no, I'm dumb, and uh, we had to <laughs> weed the beds, and then you got to you know you got to put down you your do weed killer, and then you got to remulch. You know what I did when we did the outdoor project? Um, they kept trying to push mulch on me, and I said, I tell you what I'm going to have you do. I want a bunch of gravel beds. River rock. And they're like, really? And I am like, yep, I want, a, I want as much gravel bed, river rock, whatever. That's what we're putting in there because I don't want to be doing this every year and just throwing money away with the mulch. Correct. And, and we, do not do the, we, we do not do it every year. I think it's every other year. It might even yeah. be every third year, depending you know, it's we, we do not get a dump truck full, so then it just sits on a tarp on your driveway. I am all about the bags. They're easier to move. Yes, they are. And you can no go mess. at your pace. So Yeah, and there's no mess on it. No. You know that dump you're not doing the dump thing. You got no, 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 no. I don't I don't have time to do that. And my rule is, honey, you can tell me how many bags to buy, but when we are out, we're not going to get more. So no. whatever is not done just is not going to get done. No, that's it. That's absolutely it. Do you have a nice weekend other than the mulch? Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I played a little golf yesterday. Sucked. When did you get out? In the morning before yeah. the rain? Yeah. We didn't uh, We didn't have any issues until, uh, I want to say, like 4 o'clock. I think that was the first time I'd seen anything. So... Uh, from a weather standpoint, I thought we would be in deep trouble going on to the back nine because we teed off at 9 a.m. Sure. Not the case. We, it was uh, it was probably rain 430-ish, and then it was kind of yeah. consistent until about 7. Yeah, I don't think it's down. supposed to rain. Now, the early part of the 4th of July weekend doesn't look great, but – I haven't even looked that it, far ahead. It, it's five days away, and it could change 24 hours beforehand, if not the day of. What are we looking at? We, I mean, I, that's going to get my... hot. Okay. Uh, maybe some rain Friday night, some storms on Saturday, and then. Oh, it's really Sunday that's. Oh, no, it's Saturday that's Sa- rainy. Yeah, Saturday's not a great day. Sunday, Monday look good, though. Yes. Yeah, you recover in time for the 4th of July, which is great. No, that's fine then. That'll work out just fine. It'll just be Saturday. You'll be dodging a little bit. I've noticed on the five-day outs that usually what, what is forecasted for Saturday, it feels like they're all a day behind, like Saturday becomes Sunday. It feels yep. like these weather's kind of a day behind is, is what I've been paying attention to uh, a little bit. I had a um, – we had a real um, – I think I told you last week we had the 
my uh, father-in-law stopped over and he's like, oh, I got some some uh, squirrel traps for you. Get rid oh. of the squirrel situation that you got. And I proposed this to my wife and she was not a fan of this because um, I think she did the quick math on that this was not going to be a, a very fun demise for the squirrel with the trap. So I said, you know what? And plus we have, you know, Charlie, the chipmunk, who, you know, because he has a stripe on his back is different than a mouse for some reason. So we got to keep Charlie's got to have a great life. You know, we got to do that. So she's like, we can't have that. So I said, okay, fine. So we'll deal with the chipmunks, the, the squirrels other ways. We'll put down some stuff in the grass to keep them from digging it up. And that seems to have worked. Um, but, but part of this, obviously, is an agreement with nature. And these are wild animals. So yesterday I, was, I went into the garage and was was going to go grab something in the garage and now i call this we we they, they, they we call the chipmunk that's around the house all the time we call him charlie it's very possible there's 17 of them there could be it's likely yeah I mean, we, it's we've likely. got three or four yeah it's it's likely that there's a bunch of them yep. but it's just we keep seeing them and we just oh it's charlie again and then there we go oh He's how a little cute. character what a cute little guy um so i went in the garage yesterday and Charlie was in the garage, and I just was so pissed because we had an agreement. Like, you are allowed to be out in the back space. On the grounds. Yeah, and he's got – there's boulders. There's layer, levels of boulders that he can crawl into, boulder walls, make all the houses you want. This is off limits, though, man. Like, once you get in here, then that's when you're going to meet your demise. Is probably the way that's going to go. I have some things if you'd like to uh, take care of that problem. I know it. I – it's a chipmunk. I get it. They're pretty it's just, harmless. It's just because they have a better agent. Like, how is it any different than a mouse? I don't believe it they're is. They're the same. Yes. It's the same thing. Not, one's not cleaner than the other at all. Um, speaking of wildlife, did you see the uh, – when you click – when you see a headline that says uh, world record python found in Florida Everglades, do you click on that? No. No. I kill garden snakes around our retention pond. There you go. And – I do it without telling my wife because my wife would move if we. <laughs> she knew you had snakes. Yeah, yeah. So they've got they found her. She was an 18 foot, 215 pound python. It went like 60 pounds more than the previous record. Um, had something like 140 babies in it. So you know the problem down there. Like those things are invasive. They're basically wiped out the white-tailed deer population. In fact, the last thing this one ate was a white-tailed deer. Um, they've wiped out a lot of the Florida panther situation, which was a native animal there. They've wiped it out. These 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 things. These these pythons. Really? You haven't heard of this? No. All the time you spent in Florida? No. Oh my God. So in the eighties, again, blame cocaine. All these idiots brought exotic pets to to Miami yeah. during the drug, the height of the cocaine wars, and they let them. So they obviously a python gets big, and they just put them into the Everglades. So these things have taken to it. It's basically the perfect population for them, and they've run roughshod over the glades. So it's a big problem in Florida. Like, they have these huge hunts. They just go out and they try to eradicate them, but you basically can't keep up. There was a story on Real Sports on it like six months ago. Not when you have 100 and some babies. No, you can't. You have one. Has yeah. There's no way. You can't possibly keep up. There's no way to. With with all the all of the eradication you try to do, you're never going to slow it down. It's basically the perfect ecosystem for them, and they've flourished. Um, but yeah, that one they found. Uh, they found it like five months ago. They just made it public yesterday or today. Eighteen foot, two hundred and fifty. That's a big boy. That's a big boy. That's can, can can we talk about your uh, what's I going see on this. in your neighborhood? 
beyond. Uh, did, did you see social media on Saturday? Have you seen the black bear that's running rampant through Hudson? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Can we talk that. about that a little that. bit? What? No, I didn't see it. I'd love to see it. At, at <laughs> Multiple there, There's a them. video on, on, the, I believe, the Fox 8 Twitter handle. Oh, they have it? I believe so. I think that's where I saw it. Maybe I should talk about that. Maybe I shouldn't. But yeah, that's where it was. Okay. And all, all I right. wanted to reply, I wanted to reach out to you, but I was yeah. trying to stay off my phone and be. Yeah, a good you and I are pretty good about that. Uh, the third compatriot is not so great. Not so great. I will inevitably uh, I, be I off my phone to, much of the day, and then I will come home to six texts from him. Yes, I okay, wanted to tweet at you and just go, "Did you dress Bootsy up in this bear costume?" <laughs> oh my God! I that looks like. I think I'm, I know exactly where that is. Oh, see? Yeah. That's that's a problem, <laughs> I feel like. Oh, I like that. That's nice. That's good. Well, that's not going to harm nobody. No. They're just cruising through, man. I think. I yeah. don't know. The black bears are not going to be. They're not, they're not coming after you. They're I'm assuming they you. don't want any part of us. We don't want any part yeah. of them. Yeah. And then what did I read last night? So, there's a great Twitter follow if you want to if you want to know like there's it's called the Northeast Ohio Scanner at oh, NEO yeah. underscore scan. It's a fantastic little police scanner. Yeah, this last night JT was put, wasn't JT big on this? Tell oh us. yes, yeah, he's big on it. it yeah. I mean it, and it's it's pretty spectacular. Um, if you want to talk about wild animals, uh, let's see. This is 18 hours ago, East 37th Street. Okay. CPD have found a cheetah oh, on God. the loose in the neighborhood. Jeez. Consulting with kennels oh, for their God. possible assistance. I'm not taking that call. No. 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 You, no, not a cheetah. A cheetah? Why do people have no, cheetahs? No, thank you. Type of idiots are having cheetahs, for God's sakes. Yeah. So, yes. it's it. so I started reading the comments. And one of them was from a, like a former either CPD or CFD employee. And they're like, oh, yeah, we've been trained. We know of eight like large animals in the area, like predators that people have as pets. We're, we're aware of eight different houses. Like oh if we get gosh. a call, we know what we're walking into. Now, you are – I was in uh... – I was in Columbus for the Zanesville. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. The Zanesville where the, where the guy let all those things loose, those yep. tigers and all that business. Um, the, uh, the, that was crazy. Like as that was happening and we were taking the choppers out and I, at the station I was at at the time, was taking the choppers out to shoot uh, the animals. There was a, there is probably as probably the most well-written Nonfiction I've ever read was an Esquire article on this uh, really? of the of the Zanesville uh, when they when the guy uh, let all the animals out before killing himself and they they the the first line is the horses knew first and that sets it off of that but that was insane I remember Jack Hanna just being crushed I was gonna by say. it because they, everyone was like well can you save them and he's like no you can't we're we're long past that you can't get close enough what's no, there's there's no way around it. That was crazy. What is wrong with people with this? What is this one here? Dude's I think you should click dubs. on the link. That's okay. Right, so you I'll, have I'll you have time. you have sent you sent me a link. 
Yes, and the and the on the rundown it says, "Here's one for you, Bo. I'll okay. try to get something for you daily this week." All right, it's so pretty this good. Is from dudes posting dubs. All right, let's. So we click on it. Here we go. We're loading. Um, let's see what we have here. Nope. He is hang gliding. Nope. Hang gliding, and uh-uh. that, my friends, is a vulture. Nope. 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 Look nope. at the. Hold on. The bad boy lands on him. Keep watching. Oh my god. It's right in front of his Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He pet it. Then he pets it. Yeah. Correct. Oh my Dude god. doing a little hang gliding up with, oh, the, that's up terrifying. with the wild birds. Nope. Nope. How'd that go for you? No. No. I will like, say the one thing I'll say about that. Well, I think you could scare it away before it came to that. The only thing I will say for that vulture, and I would lose it if that thing approached me, <laughs> lose it. The only thing I will say is, like, it's not it's not like the red-headed vultures that we have here, so it's not quite as it's not quite as brutal a look because it's like a dark-headed vulture, and it's really when they lack the feathers. Now, make no mistake, this guy doesn't have feathers, and he's very clearly a vulture, but it's not quite as bad because it's you know he's dark-headed he's not but oh my god no i don't believe i will be doing that no what is geez. hey i'm out for a i'm out for a stroll of a good thousand feet up in the air oh. just hanging out with a vulture good grief good good grief um all right this is from dustin on the chipmunks um it's on twitter so it must be true chipmunks are not social animals but they can live together in the form of a colony you can find nearly eight to ten chipmunks in one small colony chipmunks are more social interactions during of course of course there's i got 13 charlies running around naturally that's how that would go why does the wife not want you to get rid of the squirrel i think she thinks he's cute like she'll be like shoo charlie shoo like he can listen i'm like he's an invalid he's an ant i mean what are we talking about the wild Do the animal. boys like him? Or of course, not? Bootsy loves him. Bootsy chases the squirrels around. He chases them, but he the that could go bad. Yeah, probably. He's one good scare. He chases geese, all that. As soon as one of them turned on him, then. But right now he's fearless, so I use him. I mean, at some water point balloons. Yeah, those are undefeated. Um, all right, we'll get you updated on on everything in the sports world. Uh, also, some. Um, all right, the the cheetah a cheetah ended up just being a house cat. There, this is another one on social. There are there are those one cats. Odell's um, uh, girlfriend had one. I don't know if they're married yet or fiance. She had those giant cats that look like cheetahs. Yes, I remember that. Remember those things? Yeah, yeah. I'm That's pretty a big, sure. That... Like, would you trust those things? Because I think it scratched her at one point. Weren't they like trying to take them on like a chart, like you know they chartered a flight to get yeah. out of town for the weekend, and well, like think, the pilot was like, "No, no. yeah, they're take those things back to wherever they came from. You I, are not bringing them on this." I plane. could see somebody thinking they had a cheetah when it was one of those things because they were big, too. Um, some reporting over the weekend on on Baker as well in terms of trade talks heating up. Be careful what you wish for on that or what you think about all of that. We'll we'll try to sort out some fact from fiction in that as the program goes along as well. We're off and running here on a Monday edition. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. 
Buying or selling a home with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services is always a winning strategy. If you plan to make a move this season, they're going to have you covered. At Howard Hanna, every day is game day. Visit howardhanna.com slash go Browns today. Pretty good, uh, nice little year for Stan Kroenke. Rams Super Bowl. Colorado Avalanche win the Stanley Cup last night. Did you dial in to the third period? Did you check it out? Did you see any of the game you last night? You know what? I, I watched the beginning and I fell asleep. Not going to lie. It just long yeah. weekend and I mean, it's not. You know, if you're not if you're not dialed into the hockey, you're, it's not. Um, I'm sort of dialed in, so I I did watch the the third period, um, and there are a few things better in sport than a one goal Stanley Cup final game where the cups on the line. So it was Colorado hung on for dear life for five minutes as you're just waiting for the clock to tick down. Um, the the idea of you know a, a sport where it's actually legal to fight. And then the first thing you do after you win it is get in a, a line and shake everybody's hand. And then you get the cup and they hand it to the captain. They don't hand it to the owner. They don't hand it to a coach. They hand it to the captain of the team. And then he gets to skate with it first. Uh, that's a win. I saw your tweet last that's night. About it, and you're right. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. And so the fact that, and good job out of ESPN ABC, they stuck with it while everybody skated. Everybody. I ended up. I was up to eleven forty watching this um, as everybody skated, and uh, it was really cool. It was I, a, I thought it was a great finals. It was. It was really good. There was one yeah, bad there, game, but everything else. Game was really two good. was awful, but otherwise, great. Blew away the NBA finals. Yeah, no, they were all. Every game was good. It was except for the one, and it was really competitive. Um, I think it's the. It's very clearly the best trophy and celebration in sport. Uh, you know, like there's nothing really close. The Indy 500 trophy, I think it's the, is it the Berg, Borg, Boog Warner or something like that? It's got the face of every guy on it. Like the Indy 500 trophy is really, really cool. But there's nothing else that's really close to the, what the Stanley Cup is. Yeah. Um, and then the, it's the best celebration. Like the hand it, not to a team owner, but to captain. And then captain skates around and then hands it to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. It's just one of the coolest traditions that there is. I Seconds. In, in terms of, of what the next one could be. It, it is amazing, you know, because, like, the NCAA tournament, they've gotten away from, like, the line at the end of the, at the, end of the championship game because usually the guys are on the middle of the floor piled on each other and celebrating. And the coaches will, you know, you know, go through the line together, but that's usually about it. it, it I can't even imagine what that's like to have to lose the championship game and then – go down the line and shake hands because it's unbelievable. I want to punch you all in the face. Well, right. Because the physicality of yeah. hockey and the fact that they actually do punch each other from time to time and the scuffles and all of that. But I think it's kind of like, look, we've all been through this war of attrition. I got respect for you, man. You know, so it's, they won yeah, it two in a row. They won two in a row. No, the lightning were going for their third in yeah. a row. This was the yeah. abs. Yeah. They had won the previous yeah, Correct. They were going for their third straight. First time since the Islanders in the early 80s that a team had played for three straight cups. The last team to actually beat them in the postseason was the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2019. And by the way, Tampa Bay was the one seed. They had the President's Cup most points in the league that year, and the Jackets were an eight seed and upset them. Goaltending, if I recall. It was. It was Bobrovsky was unbelievable. Yeah. And they, they, they won 4-0 in a sweep. Um, so that's it. Our, uh, that, that concludes the winter sports championships, the NBA, the NHL. The winter sports on They're June all done. 26th. That's all right. They're all done. <laughs> it's all done at this point. I really feel – tell me I'm wrong. I, I feel like one of those two sports needs to go into July. 
like the first two weeks in July? Because right now there's nothing. Baseball cannot carry it. No, uh-uh, no. I think you probably the, – the one that ought to do it should be the NBA. The NBA should back theirs up. Hockey's probably – it probably went too long as is. I think hockey ought to round up around, you know, end of May would be perfect for hockey, and the NBA should go into July a little bit would be the sweet spot on that yep. one. Yeah. Speaking of the NBA, Kyrie Irving has a list of teams to be traded to if the Nets don't give him a new offer. Uh, this is from Woj. Outside of the Lakers, there are currently no known teams planning pursuit of sign-in trades for Kyrie Irving. No sign-in trades can be formally discussed until after 6 p.m. on Thursday. Brooklyn isn't believed to have interest in available Lakers packages. I would not put it past him to uh, opt out of the deal and play for the Lakers at like $6 bucks. I wouldn't put it past him. I, I, I just don't – like. At what point – what is the gain by having this guy on your team? Well, for a team like the Lakers, it's actually big because they would be better with him. I mean, he's great. He's still great. He averaged 27-5-5. and five. Like, he's a complete disaster in the locker room, he's all of that. He's a total head case. He is, for sure. But, like, we all – like, they don't really have a path. LeBron, with what he's done with that roster, has put him in a corner. Kyrie there would make them better. If Kyrie plays. Yeah, I would I mean, assume that he would be motivated. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I just I, – I don't – doesn't make any sense to me, and I, I, I don't know where <laughs> – this guy thinks he's God's gift to basketball. I mean, he's won a championship. I mean, he's, he's a sensational individual player. But, um, but it's been – did you, I mean, you were around those teams. Do you remember him being a different dude then? No. Actually, the year he won Rookie of the Year, he was probably one of the nicest guys. I don't know what changed, but he went into a whole different world mentally, and he hasn't come out yet. <laughs> no, he no, not. And it was, I don't know, it's, it's funny because, like, you know, the Cavaliers are in this weird spot where, like, those are the two best players, right, to play here, and they're both, you know, not here. Yeah. And kind of awkwardly not. So it's kind of a weird a weird spot. I did not see the Angels Mariners brawl. I missed it. Big time brawl. Boy, during a commercial break, give that a little bit of a look. Or or you can just type it into the Twitter machine right now. It'll pop up. Uh two separate brawls. Just when they thought they had it under control, they did not have it under control. Eight guys ejected. Oh it was boy, a really it was a full good baseball brawl. It was a classic it's sports okay, brawl. so it was a classic beaning. Yeah, there was something with a walk-off and didn't like it. And yeah, from the throw him out. That's and... enough. Okay, here we go. We're going to have a chat about it. Yeah, you yeah. hit me on purpose. I know I did. Baseball's unwritten rules are exhausting, aren't they? They are, but the fighting portion is right up there. Oh, it clears. Anything. And there's looks like there's plenty of good seats available in Anaheim if you want to Shocking development out. on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Sunday afternoon with probably the two best players in the sport and no one's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, it's pretty good. It's it's a pretty good it's a pretty good brawl. Like and I was thinking back, I'm like, what I I've been Have you ever seen one? Oh yeah. Um so the 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 Guardians back Indians in the Indians then. days. Yeah. Uh they would do a bat day. Oh, and they I mean, they would give out it was like a thirty one inch wooden bat. Like to at the first however many thousand people. Like, you would get a Louisville Slugger bat. And I remember, like, it was... Like, that's not a good idea. No, it was a bat day. 
Indians were playing the Red Sox. At the time, my favorite players were Wade Boggs, Roger Clements, and then Greg Swindell on the Indians. So something had happened. Alex Cole, former Indians outfielder, gone back and forth. There had been some trash talking. There had been some incidents he'd been thrown at. Clements is on the mound, and there was no way that Clements wasn't going. Like, Clements knew. Like, every player was on the top step on both dugouts. First pitch, drilled him on like Donkey Kong. Like, (laughs) and it is bat day. Fans are, like, waving bats around. They had to call the CPD out on the field to help break up the fight. I mean, just haymakers. We were three rows behind the Red Sox dugout. My dad's company had tickets, and it was just – there were, there was just bloody. It, it was awesome. It was a great fight. And, awesome. and then I saw I was in St. Louis, Cardinals and Diamondbacks on an Easter Sunday that was anything but religious, and uh, it it was on. And basically, <laughs> guy gets hit. He's John with a pitcher all the way to first from the Cardinals. Still John with him. John with the first baseman. There's a fly ball to the outfield. Now, there's nobody out, okay? He starts running around the bases. He hits second and goes right to the mound, and it's on. Like, he's out. It was a double play, but he was like, I don't care. I'm making a left turn, and we're going to take this guy out. Fantastic. It was was a great brawl. I don't think I've ever – I've never been in the stands or covered a sport where there was – uh, a brawl um, my junior year after my junior year of high school I was on a, an all-star basketball team with Ryan Leaf and he went into the stands oh. to fight a kid oh, of course. Um, that you know which was not all that surprising the kid deserved it quite frankly but um, <laughs> you know that I that's the closest I that's the first thing that jumped to my head when I when I thought about this notion of of going in and fighting at sporting events that was that's the first one that came into my mind but that's a good one it's a very good one they had out there yeah yeah. Nice little brawl. Yeah. I don't know. Was, like, it, it was from a time good time. weekend. It wasn't, like, wild and crazy. A couple more guys defecting from the tour that I don't know. Yeah, I think you're and... – Yeah, I think you're – I think the biggest news was – wasn't there, like, the there was a college kid who did. It was, like, the number one college player. Went I to live. think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was that was probably the biggest news because that would mean, you know, did, are they cutting – are they going to start stealing the best up-and-comers – and it sounds like that the going rate for some of those guys is basically ten million. Like for ten million, you get that and you can go play. It's a lot of money. It is. Yeah, it is. That is. Yeah, that's life changing stuff, man, uh, to say the least. Um, all right, coming up next, uh, Z goes one on one with our uh, our good buddy linebacker Sione Taki Taki. That is coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, the Bath Authority can give you that bathroom of your dreams. 
You can transform that current bathroom you have into a custom bath for a spa-like experience. And the good news with the Bath Authority is they can do it for you in about a day. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are experts. They are factory trained. You give them a call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects. They're all made in the United States. States change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in tub to shower conversions superior products with expert installers thebathauthority.com and 216-220-8399 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel and now here's z one-on-one with sione takitaki here we are once again with great friend of the program sione takitaki and talk first of all, how you doing man i'm doing good man just Grateful to see all the guys were up in the building, so things are spinning now. You haven't had a mini camp since your rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah, our we had last year, but it, it's a little. It was a little different. Sure. They were still having the COVID stuff involved. So this <laughs> year, yeah, I would say like a full full camp. Oh yeah, I would say full OTAs, full mini camp, for sure. You liking being in the same defense three years in a row? It just from this is again my amateur eye, but. It looks like you guys certainly, because it's been a passing camp. So in this back seven, though, it really feels like you guys are gelling very well together. No, yeah, it's it's a passing camp. So to, to go through all our calls and stuff uh, and be on the same page with the back seven guys is important. John out there catching a ton of picks. You know, you got Ron, you got all the guys making plays on the ball. So it's really it's really good knowing that going into, um, you know, training camp, you know, to kind of get all those little nicks out. I know you're ready for this mini camp and then the training camp. You mentioned your coach is ready. He just told me he just got cleared, hit 40 push-ups over there. Coach Tarver, he's fired up about that. What do you like about playing for Coach Tarver? I, I love the way he comes into the building every single day. He's the same person. Uh, the energy, the love that he has the game matches, uh, you know, everybody in the room because I love the game. You know, that's kind of what keeps me fired up every day. I love this game until – to, to be coached by Tar, the way he loves the game, the way he approaches it each and every day, being the same person, energy is through the roof. I love it. I love playing for the guy. I run through a wall through the guy any day. It's so funny that you said that. So on my mind, my next question was going to be, who's the Mount Rushmore of like run through the wall guys on this team? And I was going to put you and Coach Tarver on it. So you to me are the experts of like, for sure, you guys would run through the wall to do anything to help this team win. Who would be the other two guys that you'd put on the run through the wall Mount Rushmore? Ooh, let me let me let me take a, a little thought. Obviously, I stick with my linebacker guys, so I'll bring two linebackers. You know, we're the middle of the defense, middle of the pack. We play special teams, defense, or we're just those those guys. You know, we're taking on blocks. But to be honest, we got D line too that are crazy. They're up front setting edges. I'll bring Miles and I'll bring Jacob Phillips. Jacob Phillips. He's a he's an interesting one because every time we see him, very good. And if we can get a 16, 17 now game season, I'm, you feel like there's maybe something special there. No, really special. Jacob, man, he's young. He's long, tall, fast. He could play. If he could stay healthy, just kind of like we're saying, and stack these games, he's going to be making plays. You see what he did against the Bengals that last game yep. of the season. He was itching to play. You know, sometimes with the game that we play, it's tough. Guys get hurt. You know the business part of it, it just happens. You know, guys are going to get nicked up, but if he could stay healthy, he's going to ball out. I know that for sure. I remember a couple of years ago we had a dunk contest, and he won it. And so I was talking with some of the guys, and I said, you know, everybody thinks that they would win the dunk contest, and you probably think you would win the dunk contest as well, and rightfully so. But some people, I told some people, said, yeah, Jacob Phillips won a couple of years ago. Some skepticism, which shocked me. The guy's a, a tremendous athlete. But what would you, would you be throwing down some nasty dunks out there, Tuck? 
I, I would. You know what? We went to uh, the Cavaliers game, and I'm not like a shooter. You know, I'm a type of guy that's taking it to the hoop, Euro step, rebounds. I'm scoring all my points. So like a Manu Ginobili. Yeah, you know, kind of smoother. You know, gonna get on, get, uh, get some rebounds for the squad. Um, I wouldn't want you guarding me. I feel like it would be so annoying. You'd be like, you'd follow me everywhere. I'd be like one of those guys like, just the ball's over there. Stop getting, I get out of my girl. Let me get my shot off here. Yeah, defense through the roof for sure. Defense through the roof. That's my game. I mean, you think about your room. So you got you, you got JOK, who was all state in hoops in high school and all state offense and all state defense in football. You've got Willie Harvey, who's got a sweet J. I mean, he's in one of the top shooters on the team, right? You guys got a pretty good room then, I feel like. You guys would be a competitive group, Jacob, AWOC. I think for sure, if we, if we is to compete against you know position groups, we'd definitely make it to the finals, for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt. Tournament. No doubt. No doubt. Although I will say, Jacoby was stroking it. Oh, yeah, you know, he, you know he's a quarterback, so you know, he stays at the three-point line. He don't want to get nasty, get in there. But he definitely has a clean shot. That was like my game talk, if we're being honest about it. I could shoot the basketball, but I was really not interested in mucking it up with the, the run through the wall guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. A little finesse. There's nothing wrong with that. Two points or two points. There's nothing with or three. Finesse. Nothing with finesse at all, so I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to see some more pick sixes from you. That was a real treat against the Philadelphia Eagles. Low those many years ago, brother. We're going to open it up this year, man. I promise you. All right, Talk. Thanks for the time. I appreciate you. I like the idea how Z has to explain his game as if we, as if we, I mean, talk would have to have known it by now. It totally fits the, the DNA. I, by the way, it wouldn't be that far off either. I'm not going to go in there. I'm not taking charges at this point. Not, not in your, not in your life not ever. right now. Well, not in high school. I didn't take charges oh, I either. Of course you did. It was a badge of honor. <laughs> that might be one less wind sprint. You got to run. I get that tell was you always what, it. They'd you, incentivize you, that. You screwed yeah. up. If you committed to take the charge, you better be right. Because if you were wrong, it got pointed out very, very. So it went the, they would go the other way against you. Oh yeah. And then, like the next morning, coach would be like, "Yep, you're gonna run a little bit for that." What if you got a block? Yeah. I'm uh, like, how was do you know? That? Like, how about no, can we go we, back and review the tape? I we, feel like I was there. Yeah, it was definitely that. Anybody who took charges got definitely were got off of sprints. But I don't remember them ever being penalized if it was a block. It felt like it was just good effort. Like it was almost like if they, in fact, I had a co coach in sophomore and junior year who, if they, if you fell on on it, like that counted as much as a charge. Like he just wanted you to take the hit and fall, which I always thought was stupid because now you, it's take you got to get up. We could be going the other way. Correct. Or if they get the rebound, you're laying on the ground. You're not exactly there to stop the pushback. No, no, you miss it. It's you better get the charge. Yeah, but there was a while, a large part because of your Duke buddies, where anytime you hit the ground, you'd get a charge. You're darn right. Yeah, if you hit the ground, you'd get it. Setting the tone. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it would go. Uh, yes. That's going to be. I'll tell you what. I mean, it's been. I'm I'm looking forward to camp for myriad reasons. Yes. Um. But but I I do think that this defense is going to be really fun to watch and that that room especially is ultra talented really quick they've been in the mix for a while now they know where they're supposed to be jok is going to as good as he was last year you're going to see even more explosion out of him you're going to see that versatility really try to weigh in you heard talk talk about it we've talked about it for geez forever if jacob phillips can stay healthy what he can do for this team is going to be really noticeable. I think if that then not just for Jacob Phillips but I think for the whole uh, the whole group like they all need to stay healthy. You know, JOK's 
gotten dinged up a little bit. Yeah. He's played through it, but he missed a, a couple games last year. And get, that room needs to stay healthy. Yeah. Because you know what you have on the back end. You know what you have on the front. It, it comes down to those guys in the middle being allowed to go and make plays. Yeah, the seven, the back seven, really. I mean, it's you haven't had full health out of safeties, corners. I mean, we've had Greedy and Denzel and you know Jacob Phillips. We've had injuries everywhere back Correct. there. So that's you got to stay healthy as the se- as the season goes along. And if it can, then it's got a chance to be really, really special. And um, it should be. A lot has been invested on that side of the ball, to say the least. And Tox, a guy who's I mean, you loved him from the first day he stepped in the building. He's been just great the whole time. Him and um, him, him coming into the building and, and a guy who can be there in the rundown situations and a leader on the team and willingness to do everything. So yeah, well, he was Elliot's guy, wasn't he? Didn't Elliot Wolf love him? Yes. Like he went out and scouted him. And I remember talking to Elliot about that when, yeah. right after that draft that he saw him and they loved him. You know, but I mean, what is Taki going into year four? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of. How many linebackers are you going to keep? I mean, that's that becomes well, a question as well. The, it's the middle class. You know, he's he's that NFL middle class that Correct. has kind of been done away with. Like, you know, probably not at – he's not an every-down guy. He's not a – you know, but he's a situational guy. But there does come a point after, you know, after a contract where sometimes it's better to have cheaper guys at that wage scale. So, you know, with the rookie, something like that. So we'll see. Um, but a ton of depth. Ton of speed back there on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of good guys in Sione Takitaki. Absolutely one of those guys going forward. All right, coming up in the final hour of the program here on a Monday edition, we'll have a little fun. We'll road, we'll rank some road trips. I've got some thoughts on some of these places. Have a little fun with that. Big Ten strength, the schedule's out. I tell you what, Buckeyes, if uh, if my guess is you're listening to this, you like the Bucks as well. It really sets up for them to to go win it all this year. It does. The schedule's really good. It's ambitious, um, and it's a lot of fun from a viewing standpoint. We'll get you set for that as well here in the final hour. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk Series Lawyers Serious Injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Uh, this is a pretty remarkable little story. I just saw this come across my uh, across my attention on the social. So there's a, uh, a whiskey company in Columbus called High Bank Whiskey, um, and they won Best Blended Whiskey in America out of Columbus. They've done it two years in a row now with their uh with their whiskey out of there good job out of them i mean that's, that's tough to do i was gonna say how many places on the bourbon trail are putting stuff out well it's blended so that's that that's, is the one key is that it's a blended whiskey what it's does that a, mean so you take a couple of whiskeys and literally blend them to create this so a lot of times you'll get a you know if if for example like a lot of times it'll be a single barrel you know blanton single barrel or those are from a, a single barrel whereas this would be from uh, multiple barrels where they've blended it together. Uh, but nevertheless, tough to do. Very, very tough to do. Uh, I can't tell you that Dan Graziano is going to join us at 2.30 on the very latest on all of these things. All right, so you did – this is – you did – you want us to rank the our road games. Are we doing this – all right, I need some ground rules on this. Am I doing you. this based on, like, family, single dude – girlfriend in the mix 
I, I got to know what who I'm setting this up for because I've got thoughts on all these places or just best games. I, I, I would do I would do it this or experiences. way. Experience. You're with a group of friends. Your girlfriend might trips. be. Your might your girlfriend could be involved. Like because I have friends that go on road trips and the girls are part of it. Okay. And, all right. You know the the, the football ones. Yeah. You know, you're, you if you're going if you're going to a place, you're flying in either Friday night or Friday late, coming back on Monday. Okay. Does that help? Yeah, yeah. I think that does help because I think I need to know what we're. I got to know who I'm sending where. All right. So let's go from. Do you want to go worst to to best or best to worst? How do you want me you to do? Got to go these? ten to one. You ten go to worst one. to first. Okay. So I think for me. Based on what you just said, the worst road trip out of all of these, unless it's like for the division, is Pittsburgh at the end of the year. Like, I have no reason to go to Pittsburgh unless that's we, we're in, we win, we're in. Unless there's big stakes on it, I'm not going. And I can't make that. I don't know right now if it will be. It's hard for me to imagine that it will be. I don't think they're going to be that good. So... I guess like going over there and watching them lose, but like there's absolutely nothing I want to do in Pittsburgh. See, I, and that's how I feel about Houston. All right, I have Houston higher, and I'll explain that when I get to them. Um, I like I don't like the that Permani sandwich thing they have over there. I think that thing sucks. Permani Brothers sucks. Come on, with the mystery meat and the. By the way, I'm going to tell you something. The fries aren't even any good on it. There's not much flavor in the fries, and then they just put slaw on randomly. I found it to be dry. No, no good. Out, out on Pittsburgh. Sad. I would have Pittsburgh 10. As much as I like to make fun of, of the pukers, their city's not as bad as one would think. I like it. I think it's fine. In the Three River City. Agreed. And I like the food's good. I love how their Screw stadiums. Their team, but. Yeah, I like how their stadiums are set up. I like how they're, they're the only team in North America that figured out, hey, let's all be the same color. That's a win. I think it's cool that they're all black and gold. I think that's sweet. Seattle kind of does that with navy blue and shades of green, um, but but I think that's good. But that's all I'm giving them credit for. I, I understand. Plus, it's he, like January. I know, and I get the whole Houston. It's probably going to be a little bit warmer. I have found every time we go to Houston outside of barbecue, there is not a whole lot that's worth experiencing in the city. Well, yeah, probably not. Probably not. So number nine for me. So I have I have Pittsburgh ten. So you have Houston ten. I had Houston number 10. Okay. Um, number nine for me, ninth best road trip, um, I have Atlanta. I have Atlanta at number nine. Um, I like Atlanta fine. It's a fine big town. Um, I don't have the the special – it doesn't have the special place in my heart that it does for Z's. He went to school there. I've been there a lot. Uh, seen a lot of sporting events there. Uh, it's a fine town. It's really, really big. The freeways are a disaster. They were the last time I was there. You couldn't get any there anywhere quick. Um, I would probably parlay, try to parlay that trip. As I'm thinking about this, I would probably want to look at like the University of Georgia schedule and see if there was a way to do like a little double SEC? dip. Yeah, maybe you double dip it a little bit. So you could do either Athens or Auburn. Both of those you could try are easy drives. You could do either one of those, and and maybe I have Atlanta too low with that. I I have. I have Jacksonville number nine, the one preseason game, and I understand there are some things to do outside of Jacksonville, but in Jacksonville there is nothing to do, and going to Florida in August Oof. is it's a little tough 
rainy season can be a bit brutal. And the humidity, like, I don't care about your pools Ooh. in All your right. stadium. They don't allow tailgating more than three hours before kick. I've yeah, always no been a, a strong. I've got Atlanta too low. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fly into Atlanta on Friday. I'm going to go to LSU at Auburn on Saturday. Ooh. And then I'm doubling up, and I'm going to go to the our game against the Falcons. So the Falcons are actually going to jump. They're going to jump some spots here. So if, in that regard, number nine becomes Cincinnati. Okay. Becomes number nine. Cincinnati's a fine town. We go there every year. Plus, this game, it's in November, right? Or yes. is it even in December? Might even be uh, early December. December 11th, actually. December 11th. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. So it's going to be cold. It's going to be pretty bleak. Uh, we get that here. I don't need to go see it down there. So I'll have Cincinnati number nine on my list. So I go Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I I have amended Atlanta's going up because I'm turning it into a, a football smorgasbord and I'm going to LSU at Auburn. Um, you Who did you have at nine? You had Jacksonville, Jacksonville. nine? Okay. I, right. I understand there's golfing and there's some other things yeah. that you can do. Uh, but for the most part, uh, that road trip sucks. We're not going to be far off because when I get to number eight, I have Jacksonville eight. There we go. Um, it's not a good city. It's Jacksonville Beach is fine. It's not great. It's yep. fine. Um, you you would say to yourself, oh, we'll go play Sawgrass or whatever. Okay. Like that place ain't worth 500 bucks around. It's not. It's not that great a course. There you go. 17, you know, the back, the last three holes are pretty cool, but other than that, it's pretty average. Um, there are other courses down there too, but Jacksonville's really spread out. Um, it is stunning in retrospect that they have a team. Stunning. Um, that stadium's fine. It's fine, but it's August. I mean, it's going to be so humid. You think it's humid here in August? Go to that's I baby mean, stuff compared the, to what you're getting into I mean, down that's there. That's like we spent the one year we spent a week in Tampa Bay, like doing joint practices. We yeah. had to practice at like eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we had to be done and off the field before noon because once noon hit, it was god awful. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. And so. that's and every year it would inevitably storm to the point where I'm on the phone making contingency plans that we might have to delay this game and then it would clear up 20 minutes before kick well and there's absolutely nothing to do like in where do you guys stay when you go to Jacksonville downtown it's downtown there's nothing there awful no, the whole waterfront's gone well they they well so last time I was there they had Jack's Landing gone but it was it was a ghost town the yeah. only time it was cool was Florida Georgia week that was it, and then that whole stadium filled with, from the cocktail party. But that was it. Yeah, it it's not like there's nowhere to go. There's not really a whole lot to do. It's it's not. No, everything's there. at the beach. Yeah, yeah, that's where it is. All right, so I have Jacksonville uh, seven on this, or no, eight on this. I, who do you have at eight? I I put Pittsburgh at number eight simply because while I do enjoy the food and beverage scene in Pittsburgh, the last game of the year is always just a brutal road trip yeah and you're driving you yeah. guys have to bus it but anybody yes. you drive from here yeah not great all right uh number seven on on my list is where i have houston i have houston seven on the list um the only reason i have it higher is it's probably warmer there it's early december it's warm i'll go eat at papa Do's, have only, some good food it's the only positive to yeah me. get a steak uh papa Do's seafood's unbelievable down there uh, you could probably play golf somewhere down there. You couldn't parlay it into anything else, though. I don't know that there's – that'd be the first week of December. The Big 12 championship game, I'm pretty sure, is in Dallas. So you wouldn't – it's not like you could turn it into a, a bigger trip. It's, it's in it's the kind middle of, a one of nowhere. See, I've never been. The stadium's in the middle of nowhere. Yes. Yeah. And it is – it's just 
it is a cavern. Like if you're in the upper deck, you might as well. You're better off watching it at a bar. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it is. You're high up in the air, and it's not great. They're probably as as in need of a. They almost look like a created team on on Madden. Like they're probably in need of a uniform redo. If they just could find a. I know that they don't own. Like the NFL will not give them that color that the the Oilers, the, the Oilers color because the Oilers, the family, the Adams family won't give it up. But like I would just pick a light blue. Just go light blue and red and and maybe try that because it, it just they just really, really bland everything I, when it comes to Houston. And I the city's go, a great town. It's huge. It, it's huge. huge. And that maybe that's part of the problem is trying to get around it. Too it's big, yeah. A challenge and a half. Uh, I will go Atlanta at number seven. Okay. Um, again, we stay downtown. We don't stay out in the burbs, and that's kind of where you want to be. I mean, Atlanta's got three downtowns. Correct. They have Any a downtown the Buckhead. I mean, three downtowns. Like, you know, like there's – and I haven't been down there since they moved the baseball stadium, so I don't even know what that's like up there. Yeah. You know, in northern suburbs, I have no idea. I'm sure it's great. Um, all right, so you have – all right, so we're on to number six. Number six. Number, number six. six. All right, number six. I have, uh, I have Carolina, the opener, and number six uh, on this list. Carolina – Charlotte seems fine. It's a great town. Yeah. Rocco Whalen's got a fantastic restaurant on the rooftop. That's worth going to and checking out. Where uh, do you guys stay? Uh, again, we stay downtown. Downtown. But, yeah. like, we haven't been there. The last time we played in Carolina, Cam Newton was the starting quarterback. Okay. It's been a while. Always seems like their grass is great there. You know, like the turf. It seems like it's nice. Nice um, and short. Yeah, I wonder if you could – I wonder if there'd be a way to – I don't know my North Carolina geography well. I wonder if there'd be a way to play like – do like a Pinehurst on a Saturday into the game on Sunday, like something like that. Is that in play? Hold on. Hold on. What's our distance? What's our traveling I'm, I'm distance looking it up from, here. from Pinehurst to Charlotte? Is that doable? All right. I mean, because when you're doing guys' trip, you're, or even like guys' and gals' trip, I'm trying to think like how do I – like, I'm not just going for a game. I'm going to do something else, too. Two hours and five minutes. Okay. That's doable. So it's probably closer to Raleigh than Pinehurst is. You'd probably yeah. fly into Raleigh and then spend the night there. Well, from here now, you'd be you'd have to probably connect, I don't know, in Minneapolis to fly to Raleigh. I was trying to book. I tell you, I was trying to book to go home. And one of the flights I was trying to, I actually considered, like, flying to Salt Lake City and then driving the six hours from Salt Lake City to my dad's and the flight wasn't that much cheaper by the time we were in the car it was a wash but in order to go from Cleveland to Salt Lake City I had to go to Atlanta because that makes sense yeah that's how bad it is right now flying out of here it's impossible uh, I, I think flying anywhere but yeah oh, flying out of here especially so hard is not exactly a no uh, there are just aren't many directs no um, yeah I have plenty of planes flying over my head yeah there's a lot of them it over feels my like house. correct yeah. yeah all right so six I had Carolina who do you have six you know what? I think I'm going to roll with you on this one. I think I'm going to go Carolina as well. Okay. Uh, I think it's a fine trip. Yeah. I, it, I'll tell you what. With the weather being what it is, the time of year, you can't go wrong. I, yeah. You would have a great time in Carolina at that point. Yeah. All right. Number five. Number five for me. This is where I'm going to put Atlanta. I'm going to move Atlanta to five because I did that LSU Auburn thing. So that gets me LSU Auburn. Um, I'm going to fly into Atlanta on Friday. Then I'm going to go over to Auburn for the game Saturday, and then I'm going to come back to Atlanta for the game on Sunday. I, Honestly, I don't know if you're doing a better 
football combo weekend involving our team than that one. Unless one if of the you Buc- could find a little SEC magic. Yeah, unless one of the Buckeye ones worked out with a good home game, one of them has to, like the Iowa game. Ohio State hosts Iowa, Wisconsin, Notre Dame's first game of the year, and then Michigan. If one of those lined up, that would be the way to top it. But that's the of the road trips, that's the best double you're going to do. Uh, I'm going to put uh, Buffalo at number five. Okay. I'm going to go Buffalo. Um, you can't go wrong with Duff's Wings. Uh, you, you can't go wrong with uh, some of the uh, places there. Uh, Fan-friendly. You know, Bill's Mafia is a little crazy, but they support. And everybody forgets they were one of the two franchises that voted for the Browns not to move when the Browns relocated to Baltimore. Yep. So got you got some you got some fans there. It's a good, it's a cool place to watch a game. But November twentieth, you're rolling the dice. You can end up with the first big snowstorm of the year. It up there, it's a little dicey. Uh, number five for me. All right, on to number four. I have the uh, the trip to Baltimore at number four. Um, I think that first of all, I like the city. I like the surrounding areas. I'm probably going to go check out Annapolis. I love Annapolis. I'm gonna I'm gonna In the I fall. wouldn't even. Oh, it's gonna be gorgeous. I mean, the leaves are changing. Late October, that's going to be gorgeous. The, the, that field's awesome. That stadium's awesome. Um, I've been watching The Wire, so I'm Baltimore nostalgic anyway. So, yeah, I'd go Baltimore's number four on my list. Love that stadium. Uh, I, I, will go, uh, I will go Cincinnati here, number four. The food, again, the food and drink scene makes it, even though it's December, the food and drink scene really completes it. Um, you can get around. You can get into Kentucky a little bit. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The, the, you could definitely do that. I would recommend you that. Do. Yeah, you could bourbon trail it for sure. You could go down to Lexington. You could go down there on a, if you wanted to make like a, a weekend out of it. You could definitely do that there. Um, all right, we are. What are we at? Number three. Final three. Top top three. three. Um, I have Washington third. Same. New Year's Eve. And it's simply DC. because it's New Year's Eve. I hate yeah. the stadium. It's the worst stadium in the NFL. But. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot to like about anything that's being done in Washington, either side, just the wild incompetence. Correct. But you, you still can't help. That's always the thing that amazes me, how they can't get anything done, because every time I've been there, I come away feeling inspired. Like, I want to go read a David McCulloch book, for crying out loud, about the founding of the country. And every time I'm there, I feel that way, and yet nothing gets done. But I do love that city, and I imagine it would be great. I mean, we stayed at the JW Marriott, which was a block from the White House. Yeah, that's like, awesome. It, that, it's cool to walk around and see all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's a fun. And it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, it'd be Come fun. On. Great restaurants. Fireworks over the yep. Washington Monument, probably. Yeah, yeah. Cool little night. Yeah, that's a win. I think that feels like a win. Uh, number two, at number two for me, I have Buffalo. Number two, I have Miami, simply because. Where you stay, where the game is played. Like, we usually stay in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, that's a good 35, 40 minutes to South Beach. Yeah. It, it's you're, you're not in West Palm. You're not – you're a ways away. Stadium's out in the middle of nowhere. But I mean, the you can find no – it's Miami. It's warm. It's in November. You can find somewhere to eat that's great, great seafood. Yeah. I, I went Buffalo, too. Um, I've never been to Buffalo – I, I have so much respect for the organization, for the fan base, for the town. Um, you know, in November, you know, you're probably going to work in Niagara Falls. Go check that out. Like, that's probably how I would do it. Um, but I, I, I think it would be cool to go to that 
I'm sure that that place is a dump. Like that little stadium's probably a dump. But I think it would be fun to go there before Super they fun. move on to the new one. Yeah, you know, that, it, that's kind of a one that you ought to see. Very cool experience. I yeah. totally agree. So I got Buffalo two, and then I got Miami number one. I have Baltimore number one. I it like pains it. me. I, I think Zagur and I have talked about it. Their stadium is one of the best places to watch a game. It is for sure. Kills me. I hate saying it. Uh, it's October 23rd, so it's perfect weather. The weather's stunning. The weather is perfect. You can go catch – I mean, maybe maybe you can catch a little Big Ten football. Potentially, depending on – yeah, I don't know where Maryland would be at that Hold time. On. I would recommend if, – if they if you wanted to go what, go to a football game, go to Annapolis and go watch the Naval yeah. Academy play. If they're there on Saturday, that would be uh, – that would be the way to do that if they were, if you wanted to watch some college football on Saturday and just the drive out to Annapolis is awesome. So that would be, that's plus, I mean, that little downtown in the fall would be, I've been there in the fall. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Miami for me. I mean, it's just, it's, it's November. The weather's going to start to suck here. And I, while you guys stay in Hollywood, I wouldn't, I would, I would stay in Miami beach or I'd stay in ball Harbor. I'd stay in, Coral Gables, like, oh, heck, I'd stay in Lauderdale. Like, I'd pick one of the other hotels. There's all sorts of great hotels along the beach there. And honestly, you could you could probably be a pretty good bargain, quite I frankly, like because I don't think that anyone's traveling in second week in November. No, it's before the Thanksgiving, yeah. the holiday rush. and Yeah, you might be able to get a great hotel at a reasonable rate, and you get out of here at the before winter starts. All right. You can go Purdue at Maryland. Or Houston at Navy. Yeah, that, so I'd do Noon Houston at Navy. Come on. Yeah, nobody needs to see Maryland play football. But you could, but Naval Academy, the, the, the pageantry of that would be uh, U.S. Marine Corps Stadium. That's a win. That's an absolute win. Go do that. Go to Annapolis. Sort that out. Uh, all right, coming up next, we'll do a uh, – speaking of, of Big Ten football, a little strength of schedule, tell you where the Buckeyes sit on all of this. And then Dan Graziano going to join us in about 12 minutes from now. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Gambling without setting limits on how much you're going to wager or how long you'll play is like a football team going into a game without a game plan. It's probably going to end up a loss, so always set limits before you bet. You can get more tips like this at KeepItFunOhio.com. CBS Sports with the college football Big Ten strength of schedule rankings for 2022. Uh, so he has Maryland first. Maryland's irrelevant. doesn't matter. He's got the Buckeyes, too, on this, and I think this is appropriate. Um, Ohio State's schedule is really fun. It is really fun. I mean, you're talking about Notre Dame to open. You've got Iowa. You've got Wisconsin. You've got Michigan State. You've got Penn State, Michigan. You've got six really, really good games. And the sectors are broken up, too, right around the bye week, where the first six are pretty good. The last six are pretty good. The bye week's right in the middle. Um, it's a good, good schedule for them. It's it's pretty cool that their Western crossover games are Wisconsin and Iowa. That's That's phenomenal. And both of those games are home. So – you're not going to do better than that. Yeah, on the road for Michigan State and Penn State. Yeah, I, that's I hope. Okay. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Well, that's up at the. You know, you, they were at your place last year, so it goes the other way. I I would right now. It's not announced yet. Um, I hope that Penn State will be a primetime game. I hope that'll be a whiteout game. Makes all the sense in the world. Right. So ABC took the Notre Dame game. So their fear is that Fox is going to take the Penn State game and make it noon big noon kick i hope they don't penn state is also penn state's not doing the whiteout for it either way they're not 
They're doing the whiteout for – they have a homecoming game, I think, against Maryland or something they're doing the whiteout for. What? Well, because you can't – it can't be the coolest thing ever if you lose every time you play Ohio State in the whiteout. Fair. So they're <laughs> – no, that's it. It's yeah. really that simple. Like they don't, <laughs> they can't keep it. losing the whiteout game, and it to have some sort of mysticism to it. So they they put it on a different game, and they're in the Ohio State game. I think they're striping the stadium. They're going blue, white, blue, white, whatever. Um, that would be my if I had to give you one to go to here. That's the one I'd have you go to. Go to Ohio State at Penn State. That's awesome, awesome game. Um, and then they close with Michigan. So that that seems about appropriate. They have Michigan. So Penn State seven. On strength of schedule, holy cow! Michigan's got that. E- Michigan's thirteen. Thirteen. Who's their non-conference? Co- oh my god, their non-conference schedule is Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. Come on, they're not playing one team of not one. That's weak. You got to go to. You have to go to Iowa, but. Right, but I mean, you're not, you you're not playing one else. non-conference like, game. Penn I mean, State no. and Michigan State, you got to buy in between. God, Wisconsin's non-conference is brutal too. Illinois State, Washington State, New Mexico State. Come on, Hoff. If you took Notre Dame off of Ohio State's schedule, well, but the good the thing with Ohio State is they if you took Notre Dame off, they would have played Oregon or they'd play. They would. They, play they always big. play a big, you know, big state. You or in the case of Notre Dame, big Catholic. You they always play them. In the non-conference, I got to. I have to tell you what I've had so many people, you know, reach out on tickets on Notre Dame, Ohio State. I'm just telling you, that is a brutal ticket, brutal ticket to get. Yeah, we we talked about in the past how um, tickets are available for Ohio State games. They become more available in recent yeah. years. Oh yeah, for sure. This yeah. is not one of them. No, so it's tough. My buddies were up here from Columbus that I grew up with. We went to the Indians game, Garden Indians game Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what's going on for that game? And he, my, my buddy and his wife don't have kids. They've got fantastic jobs. Yeah. They, they have an ambulance that's customized. Like, they never <laughs> even go to the games, but they set up. And, oh, nice. Like, T- you open the ambulance out. back doors, and it's a 60-inch flat screen. They have two kegerators. Oh, that's like, great. They're set. And he's like, we're doing the tailgate for Notre Dame. And I'm like, Labor Day weekend. I know we are going to be off. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll see you down there. Yeah. I need a couch. Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I mean, it's going to be, yeah. And that's, you know, for me, there's the fact that, you know, James is back in Columbus. It's going to be a and, big week for you. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And then Marcus, first game coach at Notre Dame in Columbus. After he's said a few things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, he went on air down there. Uh, a couple of weeks ago after he said some of that, I, I think like Buckeye fan chill out a little bit. Like he's trying to, he's, he's got a lot going on and like, it's okay. Like he, just cause he's trying to sell Notre Dame doesn't mean that it's anything against you. Like he's incredible. He coached at Ohio state. He's got two degrees from Ohio state. Like it's got nothing to do with that. He's just trying to build something at a place that's, you know, he's trying to get him over the hump and he's got to sell what's the best of Notre Dame. And he's, I think he's doing a good job of that. If if Michigan doesn't want to play Notre Dame yearly, maybe this can become the yearly thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who knows long-term what happens with Notre Dame from a conference standpoint. 
Ohio State is scheduled out for like the next decade playing. I mean, they play Alabama in coming years. Yep. Uh, they've played Texas. They played Oklahoma. They played USC. So they'll continue to do those type of things going forward. And I think that's what the that's what the constituency wants. You know, you want to play the Big Ten, then you want to play a big big game in the non conference. All right, Dan Graziano on uh, the very latest and all the Deshaun Watson stuff. Kind of paint a picture of where we are with all of this coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, great pleasure to head on on the hotline for one of the great friends of the program, Dan Graziano, ESPN, joining us. Uh, Dan, let's just start uh, logistically just for our audience because we get so many reports on what's happening, what's going to yeah. happen, where we are. Um, so, so what is going to happen tomorrow as you understand it? Just logistically, what is it? It'll be a hearing, and the presiding officer will be a retired U.S. District Court judge named Sue L. Robinson, who is jointly appointed as the discipline officer by the NFL and the NFL Players Association. This is part of the new collective bargaining agreement that was signed two years ago. It's a different discipline process than we've seen in past years. So there will be a hearing where the league will present its case for why Deshaun Watson should be suspended under the personal conduct policy and for how long. And Watson's attorneys, which include Rusty Harden, who's been representing him in the civil suits uh, that have been filed against him, uh, and also attorneys from the NFL Players Association, will present the case for why they feel Watson either did not violate the personal conduct policy or that the, you know, why the suspension should be shorter than what the league proposes. And those hearings could take a couple of days. They're scheduled to start tomorrow. Uh, but, again, forecasting how long it'll take or when she'll render a decision is guesswork because this is a new process with uh, an arbitration officer that, that they haven't used before. Yeah, you mentioned that new process part of it and, and kind of the timeline on this. You know, I think everybody wants a nice ribbon and a bow on this and you move forward, but this is really complicated. Uh, there's a lot of factors at play in this thing. So, um, as I understand it, and Dan, correct me where I'm wrong on this or if I'm wrong, once – once Robinson issues her ruling, then would there not be an appeal process? And then is that a process that's that's heard by Roger Goodell? Yeah. If if she if she rules that he violated the personal conduct policy and imposes a suspension of any length or even a fine, honestly, um, then Watson can appeal that. And the appeals officer would either be Roger Goodell or someone he designates for that purpose. Uh, if she rules that he did not violate the policy and no punishment should be imposed, then that, that ends it. Then there's no appeal. Okay. The league would not appeal that decision. Um, so if, if it comes back with some kind of punishment, then Deshaun Watson is, is allowed to appeal that decision, um, and, and Roger Goodell or his designee would be the, um, would be the one to hear the appeal. Dan, there's been a lot of reporting in the last couple of weeks that the Browns and the NFL were kind of, I, I don't know if negotiating is the right word, but kind of having conversations about this. But there's been reporting that that has broken off recently. How, how do you understand that part of the process to have played out? I don't know that the Browns were involved. I think Watson's side and the league have – these things always operate on parallel tracks, right? When, okay. when these investigations go on and, and there's a personal conduct policy issue, oftentimes, uh, if not always, there are settlement discussions along the way. And along the way, there were talks between Watson and his representatives and the NFL about settling the case. 
And my understanding is that in those talks, the NFL continued to insist that he'd be suspended for at least one year and that Watson and his, and his people felt that was too much uh, and that they, were, they would have accepted something a little uh, shorter, but the league's position was a year and they never moved off of it, and that is why uh, there does not appear – it could always resurrect, right, if the league has some reason to come back to them on, on settlement talks. Until the discipline officer issues her ruling, there is that possibility of a settlement. But they're not currently talking about it because they're getting ready for tomorrow's hearing. Uh, and right now it seems unlikely unless something drastic changes from the league's point of view. Dan, what do you what do you make of that? The one year number is, is that do you is is your sense that that is a jumping off point for the league or is that the minimum for the league? Because I think those can be two very different things. Yeah, I, you know there was, I think that Wall Street Journal report on Saturday right. said they're seeking an indefinite suspension lasting at least one year. So I think that's that's a tricky one for them because indefinite or permanent ban uh, is a really high bar. And if you impose that and just say he can apply for reinstatement in a year and you're giving the commissioner's office control over that, that might be tricky uh, if they're trying to argue for that. That doesn't mean they won't, but it might be a tough one for them to win. Uh, so it, it may be that, that a year is kind of a – you know, the, the, what they're shooting for. So, um, yeah, we'll see on that. But but I think that indefinite suspension um, slash, you know, permanent ban, but you can apply for reinstatement after a year, uh, I, I just feel like that's something that, that they would have a hard time getting to fly. But maybe I'm wrong. Again, we don't know anything about this discipline officer and how she'll rule or, or what she'll take into account. No, no, it's it's such a tricky one. There's some other factors here that I think uh, factor into into the trickiness of it as well. And so back to that length of suspension, um, if if you know, with that year, he didn't play last year, obviously. Now yeah. that was in a way the NFL has done. You know, him and the Texans did everybody a favor in that it, this was you know he was he didn't play, and so that was it. If if you were on Watson's side, would you would you be able to argue as that is potentially part of time served? Do you think that could be part of their proposal? I haven't heard that, uh, and I think that would be tricky for them because Watson not playing last year was in large part his decision. He didn't want to play for the Houston Texans. He was under contract to them, um, and he he showed up at the facility. (laughs) He was there. Uh, They just just left him inactive for every game of the season. So he was paid, uh, and he was not suspended. So I think it would be hard to argue for time served because, you know, he did draw his salary last year from Houston uh, and just they had a mutual agreement that he wasn't going to play. I mean, if he had said he wanted to play for the Houston Texans last year, I mean, you know, they had a rough year. I I think they probably would have sort of – they would have said, thanks, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, he's better than the options that we're using. Do you think that there was – and this is completely naive on my – from my end, so I apologize if it is. In these type of situations, and I acknowledge there haven't been many of them, do you think that the teams involved, not just the Browns, but the the, the Falcons, the Saints, the Panthers, Miami last year, what what is it common or or is this out of the question to approach the league and say, hey, what are you thinking on this? Or is yeah. that something that just doesn't happen at all? No, I do think that happens. I, I don't think they get a lot of help. But I, I do think that there are situations, and last year when teams were talking about trading for him in the offseason, 
and at the trade deadline, and then again this offseason, the league definitely fields those calls from teams. Like, hey, what are we looking at here? Are we talking about four games? Are we talking about half a year? Are we talking about a whole year? And I, I, my understanding from having talked to teams in the past that have done this, that have been in that position, is the league does not offer a lot of help. That, that it's just, you know, hey, the process is the process. And especially in this case, Every time Roger Goodell or anyone from the league has talked about this case, they have pointed out the collectively bargained nature of this new process and the presence of Sue Robinson and the fact that it's different this time. So while there have been discussions in the league office about timing and do we want to get this resolved now, do we want to wait and see if other cases come out, my understanding is Roger Goodell has kind of stood to the side as mainly an observer uh, and watching this process play out. Because truthfully, look, a big deal is being made of like he's the appeals officer if Watson doesn't like his punishment, but it would be surprising if Robinson made a ruling and Watson appealed it, and then and then Roger didn't just uphold that ruling because then you're you're basically announcing to everyone that this new process you agreed to is a sham. So my my yeah. gut would tell me that, that that he probably will defer to her. Okay, um, let let's go to the other part of this, and this isn't directly have anything to do with this case, but it's something the league is dealing with, and I'm sure what the NFLPA will argue is, well, wait a second, you got ownership in Washington yeah. that is being subpoenaed in front of Congress. Uh, you have some some the uh, the stuff that was going on down in Dallas with Jerry Jones. Uh, we have Bob Kraft and and what happened to him. Is there a sense that you say, hey, are we holding these guys as accountable as we're holding a player? And and will that yeah. pass the mustard for? for Goodell or for for Robinson? Well, that's the, that's I think what the union's going to. So when you think about what's going to happen on Watson's side, Rusty Harden and his legal team will will argue like the facts of the case, right? If the NFL presents something and and they say, well, that's not true. That that's 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 Harden's side. What the NFLPA will do is argue what you're saying, right? Precedent and procedure, and, and yeah. based on precedent, uh, this is an unfair punishment. Based on the fact that you don't hold your owners to the same standard as, as you do players, this is an unfair punishment. So you're right. That is part of the, the NFLPA's strategy with regard to this hearing. Throw in the fact that the Houston Texans were added to the lawsuits today. You know, the, the PA will say, look, if, that, if obviously the Texans were okay with this behavior if they knew about it, as these lawsuits allege. Uh, so th that will be their argument. Again, and I, I hate to continue to leave this open-ended, we don't know if she'll right if she'll agree with that position or not. She might say no. That has nothing to do with this. This you know the owners are not um, you know part of this CBA in terms of how it governs them, and um, and so that argument falls flat. So I don't know, but that will definitely. You're absolutely right. That will be a big part of what the NFLPA presents in front of her in this hearing. It's just so complicated, it isn't is. it? I mean, there's so many layers yeah. to it, Dan. I. I don't know that anybody – it's funny. I read all of this. I read the Wall Street story over the weekend. We, we try to keep pace. Uh, you, you're obviously on top of the procedural part of it and how all this goes. But, I, I mean, I could see anything coming out of this. It's hard to even know how this could yeah. go or when. Right. Now, I think, obviously, I think the league wants it wrapped up by training camp. We just don't know if, if Sue Robinson will oblige them. Uh, they, they'll have a month, right? If the hearing lasts a couple of days, it's still almost exactly a month till training camp starts. I think it's a month from today, right, the Browns? Yeah, so, the thirtieth. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I think um, I, I, I think it, it, there's a decent chance it wraps up by training camp. I, we just have to hedge. I, I can't say I'm sure because again, no one is. Uh, so yeah, complicated case, no question about it. The lawyers are there for that purpose. I mean, what what fans want to know is how long is he going to be suspended for? When's he going to play? Right? And uh, yeah, you know, it sounds like 
some kind of significant suspension is coming, whether the league wins the day and gets him suspended for a whole year or whether um, uh, the discipline officer rules that the suspension should be something shorter than that or no suspension at all. But I think the latter is unlikely. It sounds like, you know, especially if there were settlement talks where Watson and his side were talking about what they would accept in terms of a suspension, uh, if, if they were doing that, then I think it's fair to expect that the result of this will be he'll miss, he'll miss some significant number of games. And the Robinson part of it is, is the new wrinkle in this because previ- yeah. you, a lot of times people want to bring up whether it would be Roethlisberger or Elliott or any of those other instances. Yeah. And all of those, by the way, were violent. There's no violence accused here, although uh, we all know what is, and I'm, I'm not making, making light of it at all, just, just very different. But because Rob- the Robinson part of it is what changes it, right? That's what allows for us to not really know how this is going to go. And this is the first one of these under the new CBA, correct, Dan? Correct. It's the first personal conduct policy that has reached uh, this point under the new CBA, which established the existence of this discipline officer. Yes. Yeah, that's I don't know. Well, that, I tell you what, we got a lot smarter on how this is all going to go, my friend. And we always appreciate, <laughs> appreciate your time it. so much. Um, it's it's awful complicated and it's uh, it's kind of anybody's best guess. So um, really appreciate your time today on short notice. Always my pleasure. Thank you. All right. That's the great Dan Graziano on ESPN. I. I I think from a procedural standpoint, if you want to just understand where you're at and and where, you know, because I, I get it all the time, you get it all the time, everybody associated gets it all the time. When are we going to know? How long is it going to be? And I, I keep saying, I don't know. And they're like, well, wait, how don't you know? You're in the building because nobody knows because this is brand new precedent. Nobody knows how she's going to respond. Nobody knows uh, what type of precedent is trying to be set. Honestly, with all the reporting out there, you know, take a lot of it with a grain of grain of salt. You don't know what the motive of that information being put out there is. What's the reason for that? Remember, everything happens for a reason. Lesson from the from the wire. All the pieces matter. Um, but but when you when you kind of just think about how this process is going to go, Dan laid it out as succinctly as you can in terms of what comes of the process. Who knows? Yeah, and you don't know how she's gonna handle things tomorrow. You know, is it is it going to be like a courtroom type setting? Is it a deposition? Is it is it an arbitration type deal? You submit your stuff. You submit your stuff. I ask the questions that need to be asked, and I'll give you a ruling. So it <laughs> sounded like it sounded like the way it would go, just chronologically from Dan there, and this is the way that I understood it as well, that the NFL would serve in a sense as the prosecution. Yep. And it would present its case. Rusty Harden. Now, this was this was new information. Rusty Harden then would present Watson's case after the NFL presented there. So then Harden would present his, and then the NFLPA would come in under Harden and say, "This is what we recommend." Which for, is not how I understood it. I understood it. I th- it the, the NFL prior P- to the prior to Dan coming on, I thought it was the NFLPA that was speaking on behalf of the Watson party. That is clearly not the case. No, no. It seems like it will go NFL, Harden, Watson's attorneys, and then and then NFLPA would jump in after and, and handle that part of it. Um, but it's all new. It's all new. It's a brand new process, and it's a brand new way of going about it. And, I, you know, I think everybody wants resolution on this. Uh, they want it quickly. You might not get it that quickly. Um, just from a timeline standpoint, just to reiterate, 
you know, this week is, is wide open to get this done. If you could come up with something this week, you will get an appeal based on whatever this, unless there's no suspension, obviously. But if, if there's a suspension and down, there would be an appeal. Dan brought up a great point that he'd be surprised if Goodell undermined the ruling because this was appointed to keep him from doing that. And so, but you would still, he would still hear appeal. Um, but then next week, everybody's out. Correct. Now, he could take that appeal and he could delegate that to another independent person. He could bring in a, an independent party so he doesn't have to rule. But he Robinson would be isn't the one a, that would make the final say on that. Right. And Robinson is the mutually agreed upon independent party. Correct. So that's what makes the appeal part. While it'll take some time, you don't know what it'll net one way or another. Correct. So the problem is the whole appeal process. If the league is fighting for a certain length of suspension, which you hear, we hear that could be the case, but we don't know that to be 100% true. If the league is advocating for a certain length, they're not going to, how realistic is your appeal process? Yeah. Very much so. Um, all the while, I've seen reporting in in regard to the rest of the roster and the quarterback situation, reporting in Carolina and Seattle that trade talks are heating up there um, in, in regard to the you know Baker and those so teams. Baker jersey, supposedly, yeah, that popped, popped up, uh, Seahawks jersey. Or whatever. I don't know if I believe any of that. I could, no. Who knows what could come of that. Um, but here's the deal. You're talking about July 30th is go time. So you've got a little bit of time here. You're not at DEFCON 1 with this thing, but you are reaching at a point where you want some sort of resolution happening relatively quickly on it, and you got some pretty good clarity on exactly how that process will go and what to expect of it from Dan. He's a great friend. He did a great job with that. So much more to come. You listen to Clue the Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. I just uh, I was thinking that we were talking about the Stanley Cup earlier. The uh, the head coach of Colorado, Jared Bednar, he was here. Coach won the, the Monsters, Monsters won the Calder. Calder Cup. Yeah, yes. won it here too. So that was a lot of a lot of the year. I got there. married. Actually, my wedding night, they uh, they won it all. There my you go. Buddies grabbed a bunch of booze and shook it up and sprayed the entire bar. Oh, there you go. What hey. a win! It's a win yeah, for everybody. Uh, it's also a win saying this. The next level is coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.